Good morning. Um, the morning is Le'ilu Nishmas, Miss Mara Sima Freda. Help me out here, Shimon. Sima Freda Bas Yitzchak. Um, Shimon's Shimon's mother, Mrs. Nathan Aleo Shalom, was just the outside on Friday. Wow. Um, so the sugya for today is a little bit of a complex sugya. Um, when I say a little bit, what I mean to say is that it's very complex, but I'm hoping to um, be successful in distilling part of it that's uh, only a little bit complex. It's a topic that the Rebbe discussed many times, and it's a topic which is related to this week's parsha. It's actually this week in the cycle of Project Lekutesichas, for those who follow, it's, the, it's one of those. And it also feels apropos to the current situation. So, we'll start from the Rambam. This Rambam appears in two places. One is in the beginning of Hilchish Terumais, in the beginning of the first chapter. And the other <coughs> is in Hilchish Beis Abichira, the end of chapter 6. And the Rambam says as follows. Um... The laws of Trumais starts really a whole series of halachas to do with various various tithes, um, various mitzvahs that have to do with the land of Israel. Things that grow in Israel are subject to these mitzvahs. Things that grow outside of Israel are not subject to these mitzvahs. So we say Israel, that's a generic term, but there's various subcategories within that. There's Israel proper, there's adjacent to Israel, there's places where it's obligated to take the tithes on a biblical level and on a rabbinic level, and here in the beginning of Hilkestrumois, the Rambam is going to, it get, gets into all these details. And the Rambam makes a very important differentiation within Israel itself. It says that we have what he calls Kedusha Rishayna and Kedusha Shania, the first sanctity and the second sanctity. The first sanctity refers to the um, land which was conquered by the Oile Mitzrayim, by those who left Egypt. In other words, by the, the land that was conquered by Yehoshua when they came in and they conquered Yerichai um, and went on to conquer the rest of, and divide the rest of the land. Now, then, sometime later, the... Babylonians, led, led, led by Nebuchadnezzar, conquered the land back, or back, they conquered the land, and they exiled the Jews. And 70 years later, there was um, the, what's called the, the Second Commonwealth, where Ezra came up from Golos, and the Jewish people re-inhabited the land. So those two episodes are referred to as Kedusha Rishayna, the first one, and Kedusha Rishayna, the second one. So, what, what about what happens if there's a place which was included in Kedusha Rishayna, but was not included in Kedusha Shniya, namely, that when Yehoshua and the Jewish people entered the land of Israel for the first time after leaving Egypt, there was a certain place that was conquered by them. Subsequently, it was um, taken away from them by Nebuchadnezzar. And then... Um, when Ezra came up in the second, um, again, I think, I believe it's usually referred to as the second commonwealth, yeah, is that correct? Um, so then, uh, so, so then they did not, they never reconquered that part of the land. So is that part of the land subject to 
the laws of Trumas and Mises. Do you have to take the tithes from produce that grows in that part of the land? Says the Rambam. Eretz Yisrael, this is the Trumas Perikalaf Aloha base. Eretz Yisrael, Hamur Bechol Mokim. Eretz Yisrael, which we refer to all over the place. It refers to the land which is conquered by the king of Israel or a prophet um, with the das, with the um, agreement, I guess, of most of the Jewish people. And this is called Kibushabim, the public conquering it. But if an individual Jew a mishpacha or a family, a shevet or a tribe, shalchav a kavshal asmanokim that they go on their own and conquer a land. A filim and a aretz shenitna laAvram, even if it's within the boundaries that were given within the borders that were given to Avram Avinu, and here we have the first reference to our parsha. Einu nikra aretz Yisrael is not referred to as the land of Israel. Kadesh inu boikala mitzvos to the to the fact that the mitzvos should apply in that part of the land. Because of this, even though Yeshua before his passing did not complete conquering the entire land, but he already ahead of time divided up the land to all of the tribes and the families of Israel, mm-hmm. so that so that in the, when when each tribe does subsequently go and, and conquer their part of the land. It should not be considered an individual conquering, but rather it should be Rep. Steve. Do you mind? Please, thank you, appreciate it. Um, so, um, so in order that it should be considered a kibush rabbim and it should have the full status of Eretz Yisrael, Yeshua already divided up the land completely bef- even before it was completely conquered. Okay, we have to understand how could you divide it up ahead of time. Fine. Right. Okay, then we have about that. We'll skip this. And then he says like this. So yeah. I'm going. We're skipping now to halachay. Anything part of the land that was conquered by those who left Egypt by Yeshua, and it was sanctified with this initial sanctity. Kivin Shagalu, when the Jewish people were exiled to Babel, but look at the and that sanctity was. Nullified. So, if during the seventy years of Golis Bavel, if somebody would be in the land of Israel somehow and um, planting stuff over there, there would not be a at least a biblical obligation to tithe that produce. Shekadusha Rishayna lefisha yisub apnei akibush bilvad the first sanctity, namely the sanctity that was effectuated by Yehoshua when he came into the land was effectuated as a result of kibush, of conquering. They conquered the land. That conquering effectuated kedusha, sanctity on the land, and that everything that grows in that land is subject to these mitzvahs. But that was only temporary, not permanent. In other words, when Nebuchadnezzar conquered the land from the Jewish people, that sanctity which was instilled in the land when Yehoshua conquered it was removed. And now that sanctity has departed. The land is no longer holy, um, at least no longer holy uh, as it pertains to the mitzvahs um, to th- uh, of food that grows, in, of produce that grows in land. However, 
when the members of the exile, meaning the Jews from Bavel, led by Ezra, came, and they had the chazaka, they had a, they, they they demonstrated ownership on a part of the land. that effectuated the second sanctity, which is permanent for all time. Right? So, again, we have Yehoshua coming, and he's conquering the land, which effectuates a Kedusha. That Kedusha is temporary. Years later, we have Ezra coming up, and he's effectuating it um, not by Kibush, not by conquering it, but rather by Chazaka, We'll explain soon what Chazaka means. That second type of, that second um, Kedusha is permanent. The Rambam perhaps says it in a little bit more clarity in Hilchus Beis Abkhira at the end of Parag Vav, where we've actually in this class discussed this Rambam before. This is the famous Machlekes between the Rambam and the Ravid, where the Ravid says, Kach Niglo that I know this by divine inspiration. I don't have a proof of this, but I know that this is true because God told me so. Um, where this is the Machlechus, the Ramam and the Ravid, about whether there is a biblical prohibition to go into the Temple Mount nowadays when a person is impure. So a few months ago we had a class on that, um, going into the Temple Mount and determining the location of the Temple Mount. So we discussed this Ramam there. So there the Ramam says like this, Lama <coughs> Why do I say that the original sanctity of the Beis HaMikdosh built by Shleim HaMelech that does remain forever and that even nowadays if somebody were to go into that area when he's impure according to the Rambam would be a biblical prohibition <coughs> because of the Kedusha invested in it by Shleim HaMelech but when it comes to the rest of Israel, where the produce grows, I say that that first Kedusha instilled by Yehoshua does not last forever, and it's only holy because of the second uh, Ezra. Because the reason why the Beis HaMikdash has sanctity is because it has a divine presence, and the divine presence never, never leaves. As the Apostle says, that I, Hashem says, I will destroy your holy things, your holy places. And we understand this puzzle to mean that even when the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, it still retains its Kedusha. It still retains the presence of Hashem. <coughs> but the obligation of the land in the mitzvah of Shemitah and the various tides it's only because, not because of the divine presence specifically, but because it was conquered by the Jewish people. Here we have some more wording, some more elaboration on the point that Rambam is trying to make. Since the land was confiscated from them, the conquering is now undone. In other words, what does conquering mean? Conquering means that I take ownership of this land by force, right? So once the Nebuchadnezzar came and took it away from us, so whatever I did has now been undone. So if what I did is what created the Kedusha, if what I did is what created 
the, uh, the mitzvahs of taking the tithes and shmita, etc. Well, now that was undone, so therefore the kedusha is undone. And therefore, from the biblical level, it's now been exempt from the tithes and the shmita year. It's no longer the land of the Jewish people. But when Ezra came up and he sanctified the land, now listen closely, closely he did not sanctify it with, by, by means of conquering. It was with, he, did, he sanctified it by means of chazaka, um, of, I don't know, I don't have a good word to translate chazaka, but I'll explain in a minute what it means in other contexts. And therefore, any place where the Oile Bavel, where Ezra and his team accomplished this Chazaka, and has been sanctified by Ezra's second Kedusha, is still holy till today. And even though the land has been taken from us, um, it still retains its kedusha v'chayiv b'shviyus of a ma'aseres al derech shabiyadam hilchas truma, as we explained in hilchas truma. The Rambam's cross referencing himself um, is therefore chayiv in shviyus and on all the ties. Now it, the truth is that even nowadays it's lechayra only midrabanon, at least according to the Rambam, because if you don't have rabbi shvehu alav, that's later on in hilchas truma, that in order for it to be at a biblical level, you need to have most of the Jewish people living in Eretz Yisrael. But that's uh, but the that, kedusha remains. But the Kedusha remains, right? The, the sanctity remains. Um, and there's, there's numerous halachic ramifications to this. Now, what does the word Chazaka mean? So, <coughs> Chazaka means, the, literally the translation of the word is to, to, to hold on to, or to, to demonstrate ownership, perhaps. I'll, I'll give you one example of a Kenyan Chazaka in general. Okay, so... In, in halacha, there's two, and it's probably like, I imagine, assume it's like this in legal, in, in le- legally as well. When you transfer of ownership of something, there's two aspects to it. There's the monetary obligation, and there's the actual transfer of ownership. So, for example, if I make up with you, I'm going to sell you my phone for a hundred dollars. So there's the monetary obligation that I owe you, that now I have the obligation to give you the phone, and you have the obligation to give me a hundred dollars. And then there's the actual ownership. What what um, effectuates the actual transfer of ownership of the phone. From what moment does this phone belong to you? So, for example, if somebody else were to now steal this phone, who do they owe the money to? Do they owe the money to me or to you? So, in halacha, there are various ways that a person can can make can transfer the ownership. One of the ways of transferring ownership, at least with not with not wouldn't be the, the, the phone wouldn't be a good example, but this would be for real estate. One of the ways of transferring ownership is a Kenyan known as Chazaka. If you do something that demonstrates that this piece of land belongs to you, then that is, a, that, that is called a Kenyan that effectuates the actual transfer of ownership. Um, so if you lock the door, if you build a fence around the field, one of the examples of this, which, <coughs> which if we have time we'll get back to later in the class, is a ger. If a, if a convert dies, so if, unless he's built himself a Jewish family, but just a convert who doesn't have any family, so the, there's no next of kin, there's no heir, there's no heir um, when it comes to his his estate. So if the gear pass, if the gear, if the convert passes away, 
he's not considered halachically related, related to his non-Jewish biological family. So who does his estate belong to? It's Hefker, it's ownerless. So the first person who comes and takes ownership of the estate of the convert, he becomes the, the new owner. How do you take ownership of the estate of the convert? You have to make a chazaka. You go into the house and you do something that only owners do to the house, like you lock the front door. Then that's considered um, not belongs to me. So the Rambam, let's get back to that. Maybe we'll talk more about chazaka soon, but that's what the Rambam is saying. The Rambam is saying there's a fundamental difference between the way Yehoshua effectuated sanctity of the land and the way Ezra effectuated sanctity of the land. Yehoshua effectuated sanctity of the land by means of kibush, of conquering, and therefore the conquering was undone when it was recaptured, reconquered by Nebuchadnezzar, and so the sanctity left. But Ezra did not do kibush, he did not do conquering, rather he did chazaka, and chazaka was never undone. It's like... Um I don't, I'm not saying this is a good translation, but it, it's, in essence, it's like you're substanti- substantiating something. You're, there's like, because there's the money transfer, but what really gives it, like, some kind of stronghold? Right, the money transfer doesn't yet mean that I own it. I could, right. I could, I could pay you the money and not make a Kenyan yet. <coughs> right. Right? Um, that's for, that's not for Karka, though. For land. For land, and right. Chazakas is like a, there are different levels of squatting. It's called squatting. <laughs> so you can, I think there's a, somewhere, it says that Avaravina, when he came into the land, he trespassed all the areas that were going to be the, eventually the... Yeah, yeah, that we're going to see that soon. Just by going through, here is right. a shtikl chazaka. Right, yes, exactly. Just walk and trespass, that's a good word, right? right. By, by, that's another way to demonstrate ownership of the property, is by walking on it, because if I... If I tore the land, that means, right? It will give me so, that. so what did Ezra do? They, they started living there. Yeah. Right. So here's the thing that just like, because in the case of, um, of Yoshua, the Chorah, they did the, the conquering, but uh, they also did the other thing. They oh, very good. Sraktari <laughs> Marinelli. Okay, so you're telling me they conquered it, mm-hmm. and now it was unconquered. Okay, so let's, let's take the whole conquering out of the equation. But whatever Ezra did as a chazaka, which you do by living there as the owners, well, they did that before also. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good, very good. So that's one very important question that remains um, <coughs> un, uh, 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 unclear. But before we get there, there's a much more fundamental question. <laughs> much more fundamental question is, why... <laughs> You're saying that when when Nebuchadnezzar conquered the land from the Israel, he uh, he undid the, right. the 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 kibush. So when the Romans came and took away the the land, so then they undid the chazaka. Why is kibush? Why is conquering subject to being undone by the next conqueror, and chazaka is somehow not undone by the next conqueror? Right. 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 So two questions here. Number one. Why we say why, why, why does the Rambam maintain? Of course, yeah, the Rambam is obviously not making this up himself. It's based on his understanding of the of the Gemaras. But why does the Rambam maintain that Chazaka cannot be undone, but conquering can be undone? That's question number one. And question number two is that it would seem that conquering at least includes in it chazaka. So even if you do take away the conquering out of the equation, you're still left with the chazaka, and how is that undone? So I'm going to read to you um, three lines of the Kesef Mishnah. 
איני יודע מה כוח חזוק הגודל מכוח כיבוש ולמה לא נאמר בחזוק גם כן משנו ככה הארץ מידינו בות לחזוקה. וסו, ברישיונו שנזכרת שבכיבוש וכי לא היו שם חזוקה, אוטו מעדיף חזוקה בלא כיבוש מחזוקה עם כיבוש? צורך לעיון, right? So, to translate, the case of Mishnah asks those exact very two questions and he finishes off, it's already on, he says, I don't understand, he doesn't, the case of Mishnah does not, that's the, the case of Mishnah is on the side of the Rambam here, the Beis Yosef, his commentary on the Rambam, he asks these very same questions and he does not give an answer to these questions. Lechora, you could answer one of those questions like saying that um, when it comes to Kibush, Kibush is kind of like a one-party agreement. Right, it's uh, I'm conquering you whether you <laughs> you agree to the terms or not. Oh, and then when it comes to the other kinds of uh, of chazaka, where I'm gonna you know I'm going to like let's say live in this land, that usually would be okay. You know we're gonna agree to this. Here's the money. Here's the terms. And then now I'm gonna live in it. Okay, so you're saying that the nature. Yeah. Okay, so you're 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 focusing on the nature of the difference between um, chazaka and kibush. I would also add that yeah, very good. sounds like you never had an owner to contend with, meaning it was up for grabs by nature of what you were doing. So therefore, it's kind of like first come, first serve. The other one is to say, I'm, I'm displacing another inhabitant in order to take it. Therefore, this can happen to me. What goes around comes around. Very good. Very good. So I think you and, you and Ari are saying something very similar. Yeah. Why can't you say there was already a holiness from Abraham? Well, l'chayra, it depends what you mean by holiness or sanctity. Certainly there's some degree of sanctity, there's no question about that. Um, the way the Mepharshim explain it, and I think it will become clearer as we go along, is that what's effectuated by Avram Avinu is ownership. The, the Jewish people's ownership to the land, that's what Avram Avinu effectuated by, like Emmanuel said, trespassing, or it's not, it's really, it's not, it's, it's by Hashem's promise. Okay, we have to get to the details. There's a number of different psukim in our parsha which pertain to different parts of this discussion. Um, so first we have to get, set everything in place, and then we could go back and look at the parsha and see how each part of the parsha fits a different um, aspect that we're discussing here. But in terms of the sanctity, well, it's not like, we don't mean to say, oh, it's completely mundane and there's nothing different. We mean sanctity in vis-a-vis how it affects the chi of Trumas Amaisers, how it affects these mitzvahs. So it's a halachic construct more than, uh, we're not talking sort of spiritually, if you were put on your, 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 your sanctity radar, would it pick anything up in Eretz Yisrael? That's not the question. The question is, in, uh, this halachic construct that it needs to have a certain, again, we're calling it kedusha. In order to be chayv betrumas amayses, that's what we're discussing here. But it okay. does relate to his, his point that if it's ours inherently from Avram, then even when it's a single-sided, right, where we're going and taking out the nadir, really it's ours. So it's not that there's a difference in chazaka and kibush. Kibush over here is not kibush from someone else that it's not. It's ours. And so therefore, when, we, when we're taking it away, it's really you get the chazaka also there. So that, that sounds like okay. So let, let's let's yeah. see how this plays out. Yeah. Okay. So one of the <laughs> One of the commentaries who discuss this is the Toysus Yomtev. The Toysus Yomtev is on the Mishnah in Adias and Perikhas, Mishnah Vav, where that's where we have this statement of Kedusha Rishonah 
He brings the whole Rambam and he brings the Kesef Mishnah, everything we've read until now. And then he says, It seems to me the answer is like this. The Sviralei, the Rambam holds, the Kibush Nachrim, that the conquering by the other nations, also Umevatel Kibush Yisrael. That comes and undoes take the, the, the conquering of the Jewish people. In other words, it takes it out of the equation. Mashenken, you listening, Ari? Mashenken b'chazoka shehechzikum yad melech paras shenosun lehem rishen lahachzikba. And the whereas the chazoka which they did the, the, who, when they were machzikim when the Jewish people came when they did the chazoka with Ezra, who who were they di- t- doing the chazoka from? It was under Persian rule, so they were taking it from the Persians because the per- king of Persia gave them permission to do so. The king of Persia gave the Jewish people permission to go back and, and rebuild the base of Mikdash and re-inhabit the land. So because that was done with permission of the previous inhabitor, loy also kibush then when the Romans come and they conquer the land, they cannot undo, a conquering cannot undo the chazoka that was done with permission of the previous owner. Right? Why? One second. That's, that's, uh, why? In other words, he seems to be saying that he's, he's saying that chazoka is stronger than kibush. In other words, kibush, conquering, the definition of the word conquer is you, you, you're an aggressor almost, right? In other words, mm-hmm. you're saying that you're here, I'm going to displace you and put myself in here, right? So, Fine, you've done that. That has halachic validity as a Kenyan, as an acquisition, and effectuates the Kedusha. But then that could be undone. Whereas Chazaka, Chazaka is the, pers- the, the rightful owner, so to speak, is giving it to you. Yes, you have to do the Chazaka in order to give that sort of substance. 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 But came in, right? Ezra came in because the king of Persia, under whose rule it was, Said here, take it. So now there's chazaka. So now, now Ez, uh, the okay, Jewish the people, the Ezra is no, one second. Ezra is no longer the aggressor coming right. to take it. He's taking it peacefully. I'm saying, in mind. So now, when the Romans come and try to take it away from us with kibush, I'm sorry, it, it, it's mine. I have a stronger connection here than you can undo with kibush. How did the other king from whatever own the land? How did, the he, did he conquer it? Yeah. How did the Persians yeah. acquire the land? in order to be able to give it away. Oh, okay, very good. That's one important question. That's what I was asking. Thoreau is Kibush. Okay, let, let's yeah. continue. Yeah, that, that, yeah, so yeah. converts Kibush to... There seems to be a little bit of a hole in the equation. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Let's continue. Now it continues. If you're going to say, oh, the reason is because we got it permission, well, the first time, first time we also got it with permission. Not permission from the, from the kings, but permission from the real king, right? Because you could answer, It's the same God who gave the land to the Jewish people. His prophets prophesied that the enemies would come and take it away from them. So, yes, the Jewish people conquered it with permission, but then it was undone. 
with permission from God. And they also testified or prophesied that the king of Persia would give it back. But for the Roman conqueror, afterwards, so this, he doesn't ask you a question explicitly, but he kind of addresses it by this. He's saying, really, it's all about whether it came with permission from God, with explicit permission from the real owner. So the first conquering that was done, Yeshua came and conquered the land. That was done by God, right? So God gave permission for it. However, so it was with permission, right? Yeah. But then... It was taken away by Nebuchadnezzar, which was also with permission from God. God sent his prophets to tell us that this was going to happen. God st- gave his stamp of approval to that. Mm-hmm. Then, Kairish, the king of Paras, uh, Persia, gives it back to Ezra. That also comes with the stamp of approval of God. That's explicit in the prophets, that that would happen. But after that, there's no permission from God. There's nowhere in the prophets that the Romans are going to come and undo that. So that, so that last one, because that was not done by permission of the real owner, God... Therefore, it cannot undo what they have done. Wait, there's no prophecy that Romans are going to come and take, and take over? That's what the Tosh Yomtev says. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I wish I knew all of Navi by heart. What he's saying is, is that, that because, because a Navi um, prophesized it, that that was approved by God. Approved by God. And I just figured that somewhere it was prophesied that. There well, there's certainly, like uh, he was pointing out, there's certainly prophecies to the comforting and the and and the, but the, okay. But the, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, look, let's um, let's um, that's what the Tosis, that's the Tosis on this take. Now, so the the, the truth is that if, to to really sort of. Take the, the 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 biggest problem with the Tosis Yom Tov is that as we we could we could discuss it as a theory unto itself, but it's, it seems very problematic to attribute this understanding to the Rambam um, because that's not what the Rambam seems to be saying. The Rambam, in other words, the 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 Rambam's the Rambam says that the difference is that the nature of the kedusha was different. That whatever that somehow that Yehoshua effectuated through kibush. And what Ezra effectuated through Chazaka are fundamentally different. And that's why Kibosh conquering is temporary and Chazaka is permanent. According to Tesh Shemtav, it's nothing to do with what they effectuated. It's got to do with, well, by permission, was it taken away from them? Mm-hmm. Right? So it may be a good theory, but it doesn't seem to address the Rambam. I mean, uh, Tesh Shemtav is suggesting it as a pshat in the Rambam. But it seems difficult to accept that this should be shot in the Rambam. Well, I mean, he's saying there's a weakness in every every one of these, I mean, in some of these kinds of acquisitions. Right? And he's, he's throwing, and he's throwing in another factor, which... Who's is, he? The Tosis Yomtev. Yeah. Like, here's the equation, and he's like, okay, let's add basically God, God and prophecy you know, into the equation, and then, then all the variables kind of change. Um, but again, he's putting the emphasis. In other words, does Kibush undo what was done previously or not? If it does, then why did the Romans not undo what we did previously? Elamai is saying, no, it's not about whether conquering undoes. It depends whether it comes through God or not. So, but then that's not what the Rambam says. Right. You can say the Pashub shot in the, in, in the Rambam 
is that once you've done it in a certain way of acquiring something, even if afterwards you do this other kinds of acquisition, it, it doesn't, that doesn't make a difference. It's all that matters what happens initially. Say that again? All the, when it comes to acquiring something, all that really matters is what you did first. Oh. So even if you came later and you walked through the land, whatever, no. But since you had this weakness in your which original acquisition, that could be <coughs> undone by the same kind of acquisition. But that's not what the Tessim is saying. You're saying something no, no, new. Yeah, okay, so, so the Tessim is not going to help us now. He says that, but that's what I'm saying. Like that could right. be um, right. The primary acquisition is what controls. And that might. Okay, I, I think that. Somebody I think. I think. No, I, I think that's the right track. But I think we might even say it a little bit deeper than what you're saying. In other words. Because remember, before we pointed out that uh, how does Yeshua dividing up the land ahead of time, how does that help? So perhaps the reason is because he already started conquering it. As soon as he conquered Yerichai, that's it. Now, he's con- as far as this is concerned, he- he's conquered the whole land. Yes, but also the dividing was commanded divinely. So he's allocating a resource that he doesn't actually control, but it's a divine, ac- it's so a divine allocation. So that would fit with the Tosis Yomtev's yeah. And so you said... You know, I have divinely been given this land even if I don't have control of it at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's officially documented in... Mm-hmm. And then he undocumented. So he takes it away? And registered with the Department of Deeds. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to me. says, no, you can't have it anymore. We're taking your view away from you. Either that or we're burning down the office. Uh, <laughs> no proof. Okay, so so what, so here comes the Rebbe's point, and this is a point that the Rebbe emphasized many times. That there's, and this I was saying to Akiva before. There's two things over here. There's the kedusha and there's the ownership. The ownership, that's nothing to do with Yeshua and nothing to do with Ezra. The the ownership is done when Hashem says in this week's parsha, Lazarachon Nosati, and He says clearly with this three different times. We'll see them in a minute inside in the Chumash, but He says here, Lazarachon Nosati, I have given this land. Not only Lazarachon Etin, I will give this land, but I have already given it, and that effectuates. The the Yerushalmi explains, the Gemara explains that that effectuates ownership of the land. And there's halachic ramifications to this. For example, um, we know that the daughters of Tzlovchot, get a, their, fa- their father was a firstborn, so they get a double portion in the land. So there's a problem that the halacha that a firstborn only gets, sorry, that the firstborn gets a double inheritance is only things that are b'muchzuk, not b'roi. In other words, he only takes a double portion in something that the father already has. And something that's coming to the father, let's say the father dies and he leaves in a million dollar estate, and then he also has a debt, uh, somebody owes him a million dollars. So the million dollar estate, the double, the Bukhari gets a double portion. But the, somebody owes him a million dollars, when that debt is paid up, it gets divided equally between all the sons. Right? So how could the Benoist Slavcha take their father's double portion in the land as a firstborn? It didn't belong to them yet. Mm. It was right at Mursuk. So the Gemara explains, no. When Avra, Hashem says to Avram Avino, I have already given this to you, that means that the, 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 the ownership, the, le- the legal, uh, the, 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 the ownership already belongs to Abraham Avinu from then, and that's why they could get double. What's effectuated later through the kibush and the, and, 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 and the, and the chazaka, that is sanctity vis-a-vis the obligation in these mitzvahs of Shemitah and, and Maishas. Right, now, only a certain kind of sanctity. So, the rabbi sort of takes this point of the Teshuz Yom, but says it a little bit different. The rabbi says like this. How are you supposed to uh, how, how does kibush work? How, what, 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 
what right or what power does kibush have to effectuate that if something grows, you have to give a tithe to the kohen? Well, what's the connection? Right? Obviously, it's all coming because Hashem says to do it, right? So how did Hashem say to conquer the land? Well, the first time round, Hashem tells them, tavru, tavru part of the mitzvah was to go and conquer the land, to become armed with weapons and to fight a war. That was the mitzvah that Hashem told them to do. And therefore, yes, as Ari pointed out, it's true that they also had chazaka, like the Kassav Mishnah says. The first time round, they didn't just have kibush, they also had chazaka. But that's not what Hashem told them to do. Hashem didn't tell them to go and do a chazaka. Hashem told them to go and do a kibush. If Hashem tells them to go and do a kibush, to go and conquer it, so it's that conquering effectuates the sanctity, not because in the abstract conquering effectuates sanctity, but because that conquering was... Um, is, is invested with the, the divine command to do so. And it's that divine command that creates the Kedusha. And therefore, and the Rebbe adds in over here, that therefore, in Michalan, it's interesting, in this part of the Sikha there's many lengthy footnotes, and at the beginning there's a, a reference to look in the Encyclopedia Talmudis on the entry on the Eretz Yisrael, where, of course, Rav Zevin brings all of these discussions. Um, the Rebbe says that, that it was just just coming into Yericho automatically effectuated Kedusha in the whole land. So the Rebbe doesn't explicitly connect it with the, the Yeshua doing it ahead of time, but I'm suggesting that perhaps Yeshua um, dividing it ahead of time is also connected somehow with the, the Kibbush Rabbim happens as soon as he do, enters Yerichai, but he's, he's, he's demonstrating that by already, before it's actually been conquered, saying, this belongs to you, this belongs to you, this belongs to you, to demonstrate that when this Shevet goes, and when Shevet Ephraim goes and conquers whatever, that piece of land, it's not, that, it's not sanctified because you just conquered it now. It's sanctified because I already ha- invested it with sanctity when we conquered Yerichai. So he did it over before he got it? Yes. However, when Ezra came in, there's no war, and Hashem never said to do a war. When Ezra came in, Hashem says, I'm going to bring Lehoshiv Eskem, Lehoshiv That's the Lashon of the Pasuk in Yermia uh, 29. Hashem says, go inhabit the land. That's the Chazaka, go inhabit the land. So the reason why inhabiting the land effectuates the Kedusha, again, is not because inhabiting a place effectuates it with Kedusha, but it's because inhabiting a place by divine command carries within it that divine capacity to effectuate sanctity. And this also touches on what Ari and, 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 and Nisano were saying before. Why? What's the difference between Chazaka and Kibush? The difference, first of all, the difference is Hashem said to do this the first time, Hashem said to do this the second time. Now, what is actually the difference? Kibush is taking it away from you. Chazaka is demonstrating my ownership. Right? So therefore, Kibush, if I'm taking it away from you, so when it's taken away from me, that's been undone. Now the kibush is out of the equation. The, the, the sanctity is no longer there. Aye, there's also chazaka. Good, the chazaka never effectuated sanctity. That wasn't part of the equation in the first place. But the second time when I'm effectuating chazaka, what does it mean that you're saying chazaka is effectuating sanctity? What is chazaka? Chazaka means to demonstrate ownership. In other words, what Ezra is coming to do, something that's never been done before. 
Until now, when it was the Ketusha Rishayinu, what's been happening? There's two things. There's the ownership. That was from Avraham Avinu. And then there's the sanctity which is effectuated by Kibush. What's the correlation between these two things? Nothing. Right? Kibush is not coming to say, I am the owner. Kibush is coming to say, I'm going to become the owner now. I'm conquering it away from you. Ezra didn't do that. Ezra came and said, I'm going to make a chazaka. I'm going to demonstrate, not that I can take this away from you. I'm going to demonstrate that it's already mine. I'm going to, in other words, what Ezra is saying is, don't keep the kedusha and the ownership as two separate things. Bring them together. That ownership that's been there since Abraham of those times, by demonstrating it now and making a chazaka, I'm bringing them together and saying that it's the ownership that invests it with kedusha. I'm making a chazaka to demonstrate that I am, I, am, I am already the owner. I'm the owner because Hashem gave it to Avram Avinu. And if I'm the owner because Avram gave it to Avram Avinu, by expressing that, I am now investing and taking that promise to Avram Avinu and using that promise to, effect, to invest Kedusha into the land. Now that's never undone. Even when the Romans come and take it away, they haven't taken away the fact that the land belongs to us because Hashem gave it to Avram Avinu. That's the difference between conceptually between conquering and chazoka. Conquering means I'm taking it away from you. Chazoka means I'm telling you, I'm demonstrating that it already belongs to me. I don't need to take it away from you. It's already mine. Hmm. Now. Let's see how this fits, how this relates to different psukim in our parsha. In the beginning of the parsha, it says, this is in chapter 12, verse 7. Second postage of the parsha. By Yemen, Hashem says, Hashem appears to Avram and he says, I will give this land to your descendants. Similarly, we have in chapter 13, verse 15. Ki eskala aratz asharatoreya This whole land which you see, l'chayat nana, I will give it to you, l'zarach, and to your children, l'adaylam, forever. And then we have in the Brisbane Absarim, which is, let's go to chapter 15, after the story of the war with the kings. And Hashem says, Avram says to Hashem, um, This is in 15.8. Um, it used to be your job to reference the Psukim. So Avram says to Hashem, "How will I know that I'm gonna inherit the land?" And then Hashem introduces the Brisbane. I'm sorry, he takes him, tells him to take the calf and the, the animals, cut them in half. There's a covenant going on, and there's a deep slumber. And he says. 
On that day, Hashem made a covenant with Avram, saying, Lazarachot to your children, Nasati Yasarat Sazois Minahar Mitzrayim, I have given this land to your children. So there's a, few, a number of differences between the way it is in the beginning of the parasha and the way it is here. Number one, in the beginning of the parasha, it's, 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 it's initiated by God, whereas here it's coming in a response to Avram Avinu's question. How do I know that I'm going to inherit it? Where does it say, Kum Hisalich Ba'aretz? Is that later? That was before, that was meant the second time. Yeah. Yeah, but the second time it said to go and do a chazal. Okay, so, so the first two times it says it's uh, it's it's not initiated by Avram, it's initiated by Hashem. Hashem says, "I will give this land to your children," and He tells him, "Kumis to go and <coughs> trespass to make the chazaka. This this third time by the Brisbane, I'm sorry, is different. First of all, it's initiated by Avram's question, "How will I? How do I know?" Number two, Avram Avinu here uses the word iroshena, Yerusha, inheritance which that word we don't find by the previous two times. And finally, and perhaps most, uh, most, uh, most noticeably, is that here it says that in the past tense, I have given it. Right? So what do we make of all these differences? So, the Rogachover, who the Rebbe is a big fan of, <laughs> right? So he says like this. Um, oh, but, and also, sorry, I missed this out. In Hashem's response, it says, by the Brisbane, I'm sorry, it says, I have given this land to your children, Larishta, to inherit it. Right? So it's not just in Avram's words, but even in Hashem's words, we have the word inheritance over there. The Rebbe also knew the Ragachava, right? Like, met, yeah, yeah, met yeah, the yeah, they, um, I don't recall right now if they met, but they certainly corresponded a lot. Um, corresponded. Okay. Um, At least that. But uh, the, the, the Rebbe and the Ragachava is a whole, whole other topic. Okay. Um, he's maybe one of the, uh, he's hard to understand the Ragachava. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, the Rogachava says like this, the difference, the, the first two times that we're talking about a gift, the, second, the third time we're talking about an inheritance. The fir- says the Rogachava, this corresponds to the two, the first one, the Kibush Rishon, by Yeshua, that's a gift. The second one, by Ezra, that's a, that's a Yerusha. Now, what's the difference between a gift and a Yerusha? He brings here the, the idea that Kumis Alech Baaretz was a Chazaka. He brings here from Targum Yonison. He says, Avid Bech Chazkasa. So Targiyanison says that explicitly then, right? That 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 was a chazaka, yeah. So Hakibush Buknisa Shniya Shay Lachematsa Shamnechatainu Galina Marat say no Murumas Bazdokas Baskis Bizarchanasati Shabo Lacha Shaila Savram Bamay the Kira Shana. Ashenka Nakibush Rishan, the Shusha Buknisa Rishan, some rumors of the Christmas. So, in other words, 
Yeah. Anyway, there's some 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 details here, but I think the the, the general gist of it is how this alliance matches up with everything we've been saying. The first one, I'm giving you a gift, means I'm taking something that doesn't belong to you and I'm making it belong to you. That's that's kibush, and I'm telling you, and and just like just like is the case with a gift, it doesn't have to be permanent. It can be it can be. I give you a gift. You give the gift to somebody else. It can be some bought from you. It can be stolen from you. It can be taken away from you. Whereas <coughs> Yerusha, inheritance is a much stronger connection, and it's something that's on the one hand is not new. I'm not giving you. It's not when you get inheritance. It's something new. You always had a connection to this thing by virtue of the fact that this belonged to your father. You already had that sort of potential inheritance in there, and it can never be undone. It's brought down in halacha. Besides, it can never be undone. It's also it's not considered a transfer of ownership, if I if I recall correctly. One of the one of the practical ramifications of this is by Shoir Muad, that by an ox, if it's already been gored a few times and it has that nature, if it transfers ownership, so now you start the count of three again. Versus if it's a Yerusha, you don't start the count again because the Yerusha inheritance is not considered something new. Halachically, it's considered a continuation of the status quo. Um, for the same and as like a Van Gogh. I mean, Van Gogh painted Starry Night. It's in the Louvre. It belongs probably to the Louvre and the people of Paris, but it's Van Gogh's Starry Night. You know, I mean, it's only Starry Night <laughs> by Van Gogh. Is that the same? I don't know. Um, I mean, he's a story. It's the sin. Precisely. But, yeah. In other words, that's the point. If it's something that can be undone by sin, and therefore the second time we say we're going to make this so strong that even if there's sinning, it can no longer be undone, and that's why, like Emmanuel said, that we still call it our land, even though we are exiled from it. Now, I, I just want to finish off the end, well, then we'll discuss more questions. At the end, the, the Rebbe has a few more, uh, two more, um, two more points. The says that this also fits with the difference in the language where the first two times it says in the, in the future, I will give it, versus the third time it says, I have given it, because that's the point. We're saying that the, the, the Kedusha Shnia is coming to demonstrate that we already have the ownership, right? I have given it. So, okay, that's how the Pesukim align. Of course, I should rather finish off the Sikha by emphasizing again that the ownership of the land always belongs to us and let nobody come and say this is the point that I've always made, that nobody could ever come and say that there's been any change to that, to the to the Nachlas Oilam, Am Oilam, that uh, the entire land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people. And of course, the world has to know that. Um, the Rebbe finishes off also here with a, a, a Vartan Aveda. That al Pichsidus, the first Kedusha is connected with the Darga of Tzadikim, and is connect, and the second one is connected with Bali Tshuva. What's the difference between a Tzadik and a Bal Tshuva? A Tzadik is somebody who's always righteous, never done anything wrong. A Bal Tshuva is somebody who fell and now he got up. Right? So, Tzadikim, a Tzadik is a person who's never really been. In, he's never been uh, sort of effect, affected by the materialism of this world. He remains holy, and that's and and therefore from that perspective, when they sin, it was taken away. They were exiled, and that's it. That and you're no longer a tzaddik. So that that connection that you have to Israel 
was undone. But then we come back the second time with a much stronger connection, the connection of a Balchuva. And the idea of a Balchuva is, and as we've discussed in the past, in many different contexts, the, the Milo of a Balchuva over a Tzadik is that the Balchuva, he knows what, how tempting the world can be, and he knows the pleasures of materialism, and yet he's connected to God in a way, in a, in a much stronger way, and he's not threatened by the... the, the, the the attractive, yeah, by, by, by the attractiveness of materialism, because he's connected to Hashem, and that's the second, the second kedusha which comes with the chazaka, where we're saying it's our Yerusha, it can never and will never be changed, and even when it's mepnei chata'inu, it's kolinu maratzeinu, it's still our land. Yes, Ruben. The uh, I'm still stuck on. We've already Hashem already gave it to Abraham. Right. Before all this happened, so right, but so what's the rest of it? Because so what doesn't I, matter. Because because an just be, before because even so once you're in because there's the there's the there's the execution of the will, right? In other words, yeah, the, uh, the very uh, stages of acquiring. You go to a closing in a real estate deal. There's so many papers assigned that reflect different levels of final acquisition, you know, right. terms and conditions. Uh, but al- although here, it's not about only about acquisition, it's also about sanctity, which right. sanctity can only come from Hashem, right? right? So initi- Hashem says, yes, it belongs to you, but the sanctity doesn't become invested in it until you do the next stage. What's the next stage? So we tried with Kibush, that was only temporary. Second time around, we said, okay, this time we're going to effectuate it with sanctity through Chazaka, through demonstrating that actually I don't need anything else. That original thing that you did to have Ramavino, by you have to manifest it. You have to say, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm making a Chazaka, and I'm doing something to, de- to, to demonstrate that. And once I've done that, that can never be undone. But that's just, that's the sanctity, that's not the ownership. That, that demonstration of ownership effectuates sanctity. The, dem- the demonstrating that it's your ownership, you, you're the owner, that effectuates the sanctity. So, it's, so you're saying as they went in the beginning, they said, we're just taking this away from you, get out, period. Right. But they never claimed ownership at that point? The, the, of, of course they claimed ownership, but the, the, the investment of the sanctity happened by, by something else, by saying, we're kicking you out. And we're coming here. Yeah. So that was undone. When somebody else came and says, okay, now I'm getting you out and you get out. Right? So therefore, the second time round, they didn't come and, 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 and conquer they it. They came said, and said, no, actually, that which we have ownership to it is not because we kicked you out 5,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's because Hashem said to Avraham Avinu, it's yours already. It's already yours. The first, the first time round, they were... Co- uh, so here's a good argument, way to say it. Ruben, here's a good way to say it. The first time round, they came and they said, look at the beginning of Lechacha, Hashem says, I will give it to you. Yeah. Now he's giving it to us. Uh-huh. So then they said, okay, he gave it to you, now we're taking yeah, it back. Part, yeah. The second time they came and they said, no, 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 look at the end of Pasha's Lechacha. They said, we, Hashem already yeah, gave it to him, so that you can't undo. Right. So they just, you basically, they went to court, they gave the wrong argument. Went back to court mm-hmm. and they said, okay, that argument's not valid, this argument was Exactly. It strikes me that it's I gone. already gave it to you. It's, it's, it's no surprise that's a final expression of, of guaranteeing mm-hmm. it belongs to you. It seems like it's like a ruling of Shechis. The Abish is constantly in a state of conveying the land. And that makes it like ironclad. Does that make sense? It's not He's saying I have given is constant, not past. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
find something. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you say something in the past. No, no, it's the future usually. Well, there, there's a famous dispute between the Chaim Brisker and I think the Robert Shaw about the Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So, so I think that lashon is like it's a constant. What's the lashon? What's the lashon in Zarchanosati? Uh, right, it's like a past perfect. It's like. It's like a yeah. constant, yeah. abiding conveyance. Yeah. All right. So when are the um, all the all the all the nations of the world will simple. only know that the land belongs to us when uh, when we know that the land belongs to us. <laughs> I was just going to say that. When are, like when are the Palestinians going to know this? First, 